0: Welcome back to The Pass Catcher, part of the Fast Break Podcast Network. I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. Joining me as always, Sammy. Sammy, how's it going?
1: Well, it's going well, you know. It's, it's a hashtag victory Friday.
0: Hashtag victory Friday. Yeah, much better than that. Did your heart drop after the first missed kick last night? My, my, everything
1: about me dropped. Every part of my body was down.
0: And then the Giants really Dexter lawrence And then Dexter Lawrence came in and...
1: Provided the spark, and Dustin Hopkins lit it up. And I've always liked that guy. I trust him with my life, you know. <laughs> yeah. Great kicker right there.
0: Also joining us today, uh, Yoni Proust, Commissioner of our Fantasy League. Yoni, how's it going?
2: It's going wonderful. nice little Friday afternoon. A post-Thursday Night Football. Real exciting stuff.
0: What did you think Absolutely. of last night's game?
2: Um, you know, I thought the Giants really screwed themselves over. Reds. Uh, sorry, my apologies. The football team really took advantage of their situation, and I'm excited to see what their who their quarterback in the future will be.
0: Yeah. So as I said, Yoni is the commissioner of our fancy league. Um, bit of a figurehead, but he's still our commissioner. <laughs> <You> know... <laughs> no, I'm messing. Okay. So we're gonna start a little thing called Commissioner's Corner, where Yoni's gonna come in. We're gonna talk some fancy football. He's gonna help us with our boom bus players. Talk about his matchup and kind of all that. So, Yoni, last week you lost, right?
2: I did. I lost to Team Fish Tank.
1: tank. We have, yeah, we have an interesting situation here. We have Aaron who got a whipsaw, a win below season average, and Yoni who got a loss. If they had been playing each other, Yoni would have come away with a, a nice blowout win. But as you'll, as I've told you, and you'll continue to learn. Mr. Aaron here is the luckiest man when it comes to fantasy football. And on the other side of that ledger, last year, Yoni was probably the unluckiest. And it seems like that trend's continuing. I mean, last year, Yoni somehow didn't win his division and then, you know, matched up with me in the first round and and didn't score too many points, even though he had a nice team. So, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Aaron somehow got a bye and and made the championship in that But sometimes the fantasy football gods know what they're doing because they set Aaron up for just an absolute awful feat in the (laughs) championship. So... Thanks, Jeremy. You're welcome, Marion.
0: I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, quick recap from last night's games, how it affected our league. I think I was the only one who had a lot of players playing. I had both Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas. So, I'm up 29 points against Roan. Uh, Jeremy's up 8-3 to three on Josh. Josh had Washington defense. Roan had Gibson. Nothing went on in your matchup this week, Yoni. Same with you, Jesse. And then Fish had... Uh, Kenny Galladay, and Saquon Barkley, who combined for a beautiful 13.2 points. The tank is back on for fish, officially. So let's jump into it. Yoni, how are you feeling about your matchup this week? Uh, You're playing Dylan, who's also 0-1, must-win kind of feeling, or no?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's it's feeling like a must-win sort of situation. As in the NFL, a lot of what they talked about last night was, if you start off 0-2, it doesn't look like you're going to do well this season. And that's the vibe that I'm getting this week. I do respect Tim Platt. He is star-studded, I will say. But I think time to get Swifty, it is finally their time to get Swifty. So, I believe Yeah, Swift was –
1: I was telling you this, I I really was surprised. Swift was just awesome last week. Like, I knew he was going to get the volume, but I thought that the offensive line for the Lions was going to really hold them back. But it was the contrary. The offensive line was awesome. Like, they finally moved Sewell over to left tackle, and he did a great job against Bosa. And between that and Ragno and uh, Bulaga, it actually came to play.
2: Yeah, I was very happy to see. And the Jamal Williams factor actually wasn't much of a factor, whereas they were down for most of the game. And then Goff was just tossing it to Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, and Swift. So it worked out.
1: Yeah. They just don't really have receivers. I guess that's what happens when they cut their best receiver, which was already Brashad Perryman, nothing to write home with or right yeah. home about to begin with. So.
0: What are you talking yeah. about? The GOAT himself. Tyrell Williams had like three targets, caught it twice for like fifteen yards. Didn't you dropped Tyrell Williams already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's he I was worried he was gonna have too good of a game and he'd feel bad being on my bench is basically what it was right. about.
2: It's more of a sign of respect for the veteran.
0: Yeah, essentially. Um so yeah, Sammy, what about you? How are you feeling about your matchup this week? Yeah, I mean I'm playing team Jedberg and
1: you know, he kind of came after me on our in our group chat. You know, I was I don't get it. Like, and I was telling Aaron this, and and it's just like frustrating because there's absolutely nothing I can do to back it up. I have to just hope my fantasy players play well, and then like I'll be able to. But at the end of the day, I'm clearly putting myself in a better situation than him, and it's just a question: of will that matter or not? Yeah,
2: as you've said many times, Sammy, I mean, fantasy football is all off. So I
1: mean, yeah, the five underdogs won last week. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean. I, also, you know, one thing that's less like is is making trades and that kind of thing, and trying to get value for your guys. And so, speaking of that, we had a, a pretty big trade, right? Since we yeah, last you reported. yourself, Sam, yeah, you I had myself, this trade. I, I was interested, you know, Yoni. You said, a, hmm, an interesting trade" when it was made. And so, I was going to ask you then, but since you were coming on this pot, I figured I'd ask you now. So, the trade uh, was I sent Daryl Henderson Jr. over to Team Dewald, who is derone and. <laughs> You know, he sent back – I sent – my. the full package was I sent Daryl um, Henderson Jr. my 2022 fourth and 2022 sixth, and I got back a 2022 first from Jerome and Mike Williams, who had 10 targets last week in a touchdown.
2: Yeah. It was so I'd interesting- like to hear yeah. – I'd like to hear what you make of it, Yoni. I, personally, I thought it was a fascinating trade. I mean, Jerome's getting some future later on draft picks, but he's given up – real value in the first. So I mean Sam you just stockpiling all these first round draft picks. So props to you on that. Always good to keep getting first round draft first round picks. It's
1: only my it's only my second so far this year, Yoni. I gotta get back to my <laughs> usual status. <laughs> yeah. I only really I only have five top twenty picks right now instead of six.
2: <laughs> the the Daryl Henderson factor, I do think he's gonna do very well this year. I also think that Sony Michelle eventually is gonna come in and take a lot more of those snaps than we saw because I believe he only took he only had three snaps the entire game. So I think for the rest of the season, Sonny Michelle's is going to come in and it might get into like the 20, 30% of snaps going Sony Michelle away. But I do think Daryl Henderson is a good pickup for team D world.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if he's trying to win, then that's, that's fine. I, I do think though, just the, with the way that Sonny Michelle and how he came in late, it does remind me of a certain situation, which is a Ronald Jones and then Leonard Fournette coming in. And I traded Ronald Jones for a first round pick and that worked out. All right. So maybe I'm trying to emulate that because I had success with in the past. But part of my thinking is that, like you said, first of all, they wouldn't have traded for Sonny Michelle for no reason. And they traded for him before Daryl Henderson had even had that wrist injury in practice or the thumb injury, whatever it was. But part of it is just Daryl Henderson Jr. is a really talented NFL player. Like Memphis had a great track record with producing running backs with him and Gibson, and there was one other. But he's injury prone, simply. Like there's no beating around the bush with that. He, like – It would be very surprising to me if he stays healthy throughout the year. And when he's healthy, don't get me wrong, he's going to get volume on one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL, and that's a really valuable asset. But I traded for Cooper Cup also since we last recorded a pod. I traded a third-round pick for Cooper Cup. And so, like, when you look at those two trades kind of combined, I gave up Cooper Cup in a third, or I gave up Daryl Henderson in a third, um, and I guess a fourth for, you know – Cooper Cup in a first. And so I'm happy making that trade off uh, to get who I think is the best pass catcher. And as I know Yoni would probably disagree uh, as a Robert Woods fantasy manager in what is really a prolific passing offense at the end of the day.
2: Yeah. On the, on the Cup Woods comparison, I would say that I think both are going to do very well this year. And I think I texted you a few days ago after that trade happened. And I said, I think every week it's kind of go flip flop Woods for Cup. As we saw in the first week, it was all Cup, all day long. Woods was kind of in the background. Um, but, I mean, Cooper Cup was insanely efficient, an amazing player before his injury. I think he tore his ACL a few years ago. So I think great pickup on that that player.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it w- go ahead, Aaron. Uh, just jump, jumping in here, uh, I think, Sammy, over those two trades, you probably got the best package because I already told you personally how high I was on Mike Williams. He's a nerd guy. If he stays healthy, it's not crazy to say he finds the end zone, I want to say like once every other week or something like that, and he'll get the targets necessary. It's just always been a question of if he can stay healthy, kind of like Raheem Mostert. Uh, I'm high on him. I think you got two great wide receivers for a few mid-round picks and Daryl Henderson. And you also picked up a first-round pick. I just got to commend you. I think some great GM work done by Sammy. Well,
1: I appreciate that, Aaron, from from a fellow trading GM like yourself. That means a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I was the other thing I was going to say on the cup wood situation is that just not only obviously he had more targets and catches or whatever, and they both had a touchdown. It was just the way that they were talking on, on the broadcast about Cup and Stafford's relationship. And it was that they're always the first guys in the meeting room, the film room they, they watch. Something like crazy amounts, like four hours a day together, and then okay, I'm about to say something that's going to sound a little bit stupid, but it, it's not. I'm not comparing Cooper Cup to Calvin Johnson, so I just want to get that off out of the way right away. But yesterday I was. But you're going to compare
0: and, Cooper Cup to Calvin no, I'm, Johnson? I'm
1: not. I'm not going to. I'm, all I'm going to say is that last time I ever had a true rapport with the receiver, you could say it was Kenny Galladay, and he had 12 touchdowns, led the to NFL in passing in receiving yards one year, or receiving touchdowns one of the two. I'll take that, and then also. Calvin Johnson like is obviously much, much more talented playing the Cooper Cup. But I was watching Calvin Johnson's 329-yard game highlights from when he uh torched the Cowboys back in 13, the you know, the Stafford fakes fight game or whatever. And I was just thinking, you know, maybe Cooper Cup could sign into the little Calvin Johnson role. What do you think, Yoni? Cooper Cup or Calvin Johnson? If you had to pick one
2: right now, who would you go with and why Cooper Cup? Uh, probably Cooper Cup, and because his rapport with Matthew Stafford. But exactly. to be fully to be fair about that situation, I, I'm not a. I haven't paid so much attention to like the Lions of past when they had Calvin Johnson, but I don't remember them having a clear number two receiver at that time or a clear number two option at all.
1: Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think they did in the game that I watched.
2: Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I I, mean, I do think Cooper Cup will do very well, but I don't really think we have any comparison for Robert Woods or whoever else, like Daryl Henderson. They never had like a strong running. Yeah. Or even
1: there. even Higby.
2: Yeah, even HB. the, the line But there is, a, the there is like a, the a way
1: in which that can also help both you and I as Woods and Cup owner. Like, I think that with Goff, it was a trade-off, and I think that people made a mistake, and, and myself included, really, in thinking that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods were going to be basically as good as they were with Jared Goff. But the fact of the matter is Matthew Stafford, Cam Akers goes down, they, they've traded for Matthew Stafford, and Sean McVay finally has this quarterback that he can do all that he's ever wanted with he's going to be slinging the ball. And I think instead of having games where Cooper cup goes absolutely off and then he doesn't. And then Robert Woods vice versa. I think they both should be able to get fed plenty. And I think that's now starting to be reflected just by reading their outlooks. It has Cooper cup in like the little fancy Alex saying lock him in as a wide receiver one. And same thing with Robert Woods. Uh, I think like Cooper cup and Robert Woods are going to make a jump into the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, fantasy receiver, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson kind of rank, thanks to Matt Stafford.
2: I can see that as well. I
0: Thank think you, something that's buddy. just I think just something that's gotta be thrown out thrown out there. Sammy, so, I mean, the important thing you met, mentioned was the Cam Akers injury. I don't maybe I'm trying to overanalyze the situation, but if Cam Akers is healthy, I don't think that we see as much volume for the receivers this entire season. But because they're dealing with Daryl Henderson, who we do say is injury prone, Sonny Michel, who they traded for. And then who's their third, what was it, Jake Funk at this point? Is their third-string yeah. running back? They need Jake to Funk re- out of Maryland. They need to heavily rely on this passing offense, and I think it's just – Right,
1: and they're going to use Woods and Cup, who are awesome after the catch as an extension of the run game, and that should bode well PPR-wise. So, I, I What I want to add like to what you're saying, Aaron, is that Sean McVay is one of the best offensive-minded coaches in the league, and he spent the whole offseason preparing this playbook and sections of the playbook. The way that coaches do it, I guess, is like they have sections of the playbook for certain receivers, right? And certain players. There was a whole part of this offense created around Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson is not the same back as Cam Akers. Now there's Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson are bigger goal line, even like bruising backs. And now they're going to be used that way. And so you don't have that pass catching ability that Cam Akers, even though he's not really known for that, gave you. And so now it should be more Cup Woods. Even they'd run a few tight end screens to Higby. He was, Higby was lining out, out wide. That's just going to be a really creative offense. And um, I I think if everything goes well, there should be room for Higby, Cup, and Robert Woods to be fantasy, you know, really fantasy relevant, if not more than that.
0: Something that wouldn't surprise me that you're talking about, same with the screens, is last night, Washington, um, when the run game wasn't working as well as it should have been, they kept running wide receiver screens to Adam Humphrey, just getting it quickly to the, uh, getting it quickly wide and just having the receivers block. And I think that's something that we could see from the Rams. Maybe it's to Van Jefferson rather than Cooper Cup, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you see throughout the seasons, a decent number of Cooper Cup wide receiver screens, if the run game is struggling against certain offenses.
1: Yeah. I mean, they even ran with Robert Woods a couple of times. And like, that's, it's just, this is a creative offense with a creative offensive coach and now an excellent quarterback. Like if their offensive line can just protect, there's no reason why this can't be the best offense in football. I don't know if that's an overreaction, but the Bears don't have a bad defense by any means. They, especially their secondary is solid, and we all know what Khalil Mack can do. And he was he was just a non-factor. Like everybody, everybody talked about how Chase Young was shut down by Rashawn Slater. Well, Khalil Mack was really shut down in the same way. In the first half, he had zero quarterback pressures. I mean, I think that this Rams offense really can be dominant and. When you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on your defense, this really should just be one of the best teams in the league. With the way that the Packers looked, you know, and the way that the Buccaneers' defense was unable to handle the Cowboys, I'm starting to feel like the Rams might be the team to beat.
2: I think week one, they definitely showed the most out of any team in the NFC. But just for the – I mean, the Buccaneers, you can't really count them out week one just because, like, Brady and that offense, they always change throughout the year. I mean, like, Ronald Jones had four rushes last night because of the fumbles. so I mean and like he's already back like Bruce Arians already said he's going to be the number one back next week but I I do think the Rams are one of if not I mean definitely not the most but one of the most electric offenses in the league with Sean McVay leading it. so they'll be good for the rest of the season
0: it'll definitely be interesting to see Uh, shifting back a bit towards our matchups let's go into our boomer bust uh, both for your team slash matchup and then the entire league Sammy do you want to kick it off for us Who's your uh, boom yeah. from your matchup?
1: So from my team, I I like this might be obvious just because how much he's being projected. I I'm gonna go with Devonte Adams. Like I would not. I would usually try to stay away from like one of my best players picking them. But with the way that the Packers played last week, I just want to show that I have faith in their ability to bounce back, and that you shouldn't panic on Aaron Rodgers and do something crazy at Aaron.
0: I uh, I'm uh, gonna jump in there and say yeah. My guy, I just, to cut in line, I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. I just think, first of all, it's the Lions in Lambeau. Like, if they don't do well, then there's something seriously wrong with this team. Uh, I'd be surprised if Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw, like, three, I'm going to say three touchdowns this week at least. 300 yards, three touchdowns minimum is whats is what I'm saying. And I'm hoping for your sake, Sammy, Devontae gets at least 80 yards and a touchdown.
1: All right, thanks, Aaron.
0: Yeah, just looking out for my friend. And what about busting, Sammy? Who do you think is going to bust?
1: I mean, like, okay, I think if I had to guess somebody, I would say Jonathan Taylor against the Rams. The thing is, though, the way the Rams played Montgomery last week, they might just be allowing teams to kind of run shallow on them, and we'll see. But the the flip side is, like, clearly that's not a recipe to beat the Rams, so I'm just interested to see. I think it just will be an interesting chess match between those two teams. And while the Rams do have an amazing defense line, the Colts also do have a great offense line. So if John Taylor gets like the carries, he'll be fine, which is why usually I like to pick a receiver to bust. It's just I guess Calvin Ridley against Tampa is it, is it there's a chance. I just feel like they could be down so early that they might just be passing out of necessity. So I guess that's who I would go with.
2: Yeah, Sammy, I was looking I was looking at your team and I was gonna say Calvin Ridley, a lot of signs for positive like regression compared to last week because he didn't have the best week last week, and Matt Ryan was basically on the ground for the entire right. game.
1: Yeah, it's just it a question just, of will we see yeah. more of the same, though, because of how great the Bucs Stevens line is.
2: Exactly, and the, the Bucs do have that defensive line, but as you saw last week, Dak was, didn't have that much of a problem picking them apart. I mean, Cooper and Lamb went off last week, and, like, I mean, their their corner got mm-hmm. injured last week, so, I mean, it was, should be interesting. Like, the the Ridley situation, I think it's only up from here, I hope.
0: What about, so for, too. Yeah. what about for yourself, Yoni? Who's, who's your boom and bust? Because I'm looking at your lineup, and I didn't realize Chase Edmonds was projected 14 points. Like, that's got to place him within – oh, wait, that's regular PPR. 12.7 is what he's projecting in our league. I'm just right, because I was going to say Chase Edmonds at 14 points was crazy to me, and I would have said a bust for that. But who are you thinking boom-bust from you?
2: Um, I think it... – I think we boom T Higgins. Um, I think last week he's going he's going against the Bears. So last week you saw Van Jefferson and just go off for that one. I think it was like sixty-seven yard touchdown. Um, I think T Higgins, especially with that offense because they have Boyd and Chase. I think one of them is bound to just go for some touch some nice touchdown because you did see last week that the Bears were being picked apart pretty easily by Matthew Stafford. So I think Joe Burrow could do that um bust wise bust wise I don't know I mean I'd have to say maybe Lamar Jackson not having as great of a game as he's gonna have because I think they might be down big early and Lamar throwing the ball all too much worries me a little bit so I mean I know that's not what I want to say about my my nice dynasty quarterback but at the York, it's just York, yeah, you're right
1: though like it's just weird he's like the opposite of every quarterback like Josh Siegel, uh, you know, he's probably going to end up starting Trevor Lawrence because of everything he's going to be doing in garbage time. Lamar's the opposite. You want him if the Ravens are winning. It's just weird. Yeah. It, it, it's a weird situation. Aaron, can, I offer, can I offer a hot take about who's going to bust on your team? Please. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Darren Waller might bust. As crazy as that sounds, he, first of all, Darren Waller is amazing. He's not going to get 19 targets. It's just not possible. The Steelers, nobody can guard Darren Waller one on one. Trust me. Nobody. If somebody could, Minka Fitzpatrick's as good of a bet as anybody, right? And the Steelers like to play not just when they blitz, will they be able to maybe guard him in man, which the Ravens just could not do, but they were able to get pressure against the Bills and a really decent offensive line with only four. If they can do that against the Raiders and, and use somebody to kind of shade Waller underneath and allow Minka to go over top, it's not because Waller will be doing something wrong necessarily. I'm just because of how well they played last week, giving a lot of credit to that Steelers defense.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking Darren Waller as a bust, but I think at the end of the day, I, I think oh, the, the Wallers, he's just gonna have the volume. So Possible. I mean he might he might have like five catches on 14 targets and he right. has 70 mm-hmm. yards and a touchdown. Which like right, then, yeah, that would not be busting. Like NFL wise, that'd be busting because like that's not what you want. Because like five for 14 is not great. But fantasy-wise, I'd take that
1: yeah couldn't be uh, Aaron or I with our tight ends yeah, okay, yeah what I, about
0: your
2: team?
0: well so it's I wasn't gonna put Logan Thomas or Terry McLaurin probably um but Thomas you could argue busted with only five receptions for 45 yards this might be the cop-out answer but it's I have I was thinking Tyler Lockett just because it's how Tyler Lockett plays if he's gonna have four receptions for 100 yards and two touchdowns last week Likelihood is I'll get what maybe Yoni as a former Lockett under I'm gonna get what six seven points this week.
2: You'll you'll get like four point seven at the max. Okay, I'll take no. It.
0: I'm here's
1: the thing. Lockett will have his weeks where he does bad. It will not be this week. Yoni, you could go for a hundred yards against this Titan secondary. I, it's <laughs> it's insane how bad this Titan secondary is. So Like I just think Russell Wilson in September the first game with the 12th man in a, over a year. I just think that the Seahawks are gonna have a field day. I think Chris Carson's gonna play well. Lockett. DK and of course Aaron's guy Russell Wilson will come. Yeah, well, through I'm going up against
0: that. Russell Wilson and DK, so that's never a little present. Russell Wilson revenge game early, very early. Uh, no, for the non out answer, it's kind of got to be Deontay Johnson. It's just like you said, Sammy. It's easier to pick a wide receiver, and I think Chris Godwin against Atlanta is just going to have a great day. And Deontay Johnson, he only had he had ten targets, so that provides me hope. But the Raiders' defense was able to get a lot of pressure against that Baltimore offensive line. And we already saw how bad the Pittsburgh offensive line is. Maybe that will yield well for Deontay Johnson if he can get some short routes and just get yards after catch. But I also think there's a chance where Ben Roethlisberger just won't have the time to find him. And he just ends up having like four receptions, 40 yards and no touchdown. That that's kind of my bust potential for Deontay Johnson, Sammy. I've got to ask you again, is, are we doing Mike Davis? Is there any way you think I should be playing Mike Davis this week?
1: No, nah, nah, I don't think so. Not this week. Like the thing, I'm gonna, To answer your question, I'm going to loop back to something that Yoni had said and I kind of agreed with, but I'm not sure I actually agree with, which is just about Calvin Ridley and the idea that when they're down, he's going to get looks. And while that is inherently right, I'm confused by the Falcons in the sense that last week, Even when they were down, they were running on first down constantly. They just weren't throwing. Arthur Smith comes in and thinks he still has Derrick Henry. And that's one way to look at it. But what I really think is Arthur Smith comes in and is trying to find guys that fit his system. He's not trying to make a system that fits this offense. I think he's using this year. I know that sounds a little bit overzealous or a little bit of an overreaction, but I I do think we're going to see he's using this year to see who can play in his scheme. And I'm talking about the guys up front, and it looks like the answer might be no one. And so I think Mike Davis will be force-fed the ball more than he should be. Like, the Cowboys abandoned the run game. It was the absolute right decision. It gave them a chance to win the football game. I'm not sure that's the Falcons' plan. I'm not sure they're saying, how can we win this game? I think they're saying, how can we find players that are going to help us win in the future? And so if Matt Matt Ryan's obviously going to pass, and a lot of that should be to Ridley and Pitts. But it's just, I don't think it's going to be, like, the volume that it should be, considering how we think this game's going to go. I think
2: that was a fantastic point that you just made there. I, I do think that the Falcons are viewing it that way. And I do think that Mike Davis might be forced by the ball a lot. And as you said, like last week, Zeke was not forced by the ball at all. And it gave him a chance to win. And, but Zeke had a, f- a fantastic actual football game because he was a great blocker in the past game. And I, I just don't think that the Falcons are going to view this game as give it to Ridley and Pitts and see what happens. They might just force feed it to Mike Davis and he might get a yard or two per carry.
1: Right, he could get 16 carries for 24 yards, and I wouldn't be surprised. So I still wouldn't start him, but I'm also still not convinced that it's like, oh, cool, the Falcons are going to be bad again this year. Calvin really is going to get garbage time again. I just don't think it's going to be like that.
0: I think someone, if you do want to, like maybe if you're doing DFS, then Cordero Patterson might have some value if they are going to force feed their backs just because he's a pass catching.
1: Just, it's kind of a reach. Also, are we sure Wayne Goleman is not active this week? Like, I don't know if last week he just wasn't active because he was new or because they just aren't going to be using him. And it's not – it's – last week it's not like – even Pollard I don't think had more than two or three catches. Like,
2: it, it,
1: it, I just don't like the Falcons right now. Yeah.
2: I think um, Patterson could get some worse, like, receptions coming from the backfield. I don't think he's worth a look in DFS really, but I think he might hit his projection.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, it's, uh, it's. I can't believe Cordell Patterson is still around. That's just a different story.
2: <laughs> I, I used to love him on the Patriots. I mean, There's. Yeah, I mean, he was,
1: like, like eight game. years ago, he was, like, an awesome return man for the Vikings, and he was, like, a receiver for a year, and then he was running back and then like, a tight end.
2: It's <laughs> yeah, just he ridiculous. He does it all. He does it all.
1: I guess. He does nothing. He does master <laughs> of none, Jack of all. What's the – it's, like uh, – It's Jack of
0: all trades, master of none. Yeah,
2: that's the Is one. it? Yeah, it is. I feel like that's
1: it's it? – uh, Maybe. But, yeah, the point is made either way. I mean,
0: it fits the situation perfectly well. Should we talk
1: about the survivor pool or is there anything else you guys there's, want to There's
0: there's one player who I think sh- would could boom this week and I think should be played and that's Kenyon Drake. Uh, he's on Jesse's bench right now. Josh Jacobs is injured this week. Uh, a starting running back. I know the Pittsburgh defense looked good, but I just feel like the volume he could end up getting because he's not a, like he's not the Josh Jacobs punch it in back, like he actually is a bit more dynamic of a runner. I think there's some value there. Uh, if anyone listening has Mod's team and they're not sure about their flex, think about Kenyan. Well, let's go Survivor. Uh, we all made it through. Yoni, you made it through, right? Week one. I did, I did make it through. Who'd you end up picking? Did you go with your Broncos, even though they were 0-9 in September coming into this week? Or I guess no, last week?
2: I, I did not go with the Broncos. Wow. I unfortunately went with the Panthers.
0: Welcome to the club. Uh, yeah. Sammy and I have already talked off the pod who you were going with this week. Who are you taking as of right now for week two?
2: Right now I'm going with the Browns. I mean, they're going up against the Texans. I see no reason not to go with them. I think they'll be getting an easy win against against the Texans this
0: week. Interesting. Sammy and I, Sammy, unless you've changed, are both going with the Packers on Monday night at home in Lambeau. And I was looking at it, Yoni, and the reason why at least I don't have... The Browns is because they play the Lions in Week 11. Uh, Sammy and I talked about I think it was maybe last part pod two podcast ago the idea of just lion hunting, like take the Lions when you can, and then when you can't take the Lions, take the Texans, and when you can't take them, I guess at this point maybe take the Falcons, like just keep betting, like keep going against those bad teams.
2: I, I love that term lion hunting. I do you know when the Packers play the Lions again? I mean.
1: I don't know exactly, but I was also telling – and obviously it's a little different just because of how bad the Lions are. I try to stay away from division games for the most part, so I'm going to pick one. I'm going to pick a team like the Packers at home. And just here's a quick fun fact, just to support the idea of picking the Packers. Since 1992, would you say that's a pretty large sample size? So since, you know, 30 years now, the Packers are 26-3 and at home against the Lions since 1992. I mean, that's just insane. And now it's a Lions team that we think could be the worst team in the NFL against the Packers team. That before last week, we're talking six days ago, we were saying, oh, they're going to go 14-3. and I understand they had an awful week. I completely get it. Uh, If they lose to the Lions at home, I'll kind of accept that, if you know what I mean. Like, it just, it really should not happen. It's football. They, They play the games for a reason. This isn't a simulation. The Lions could win. The Texans, who looked, you know, awesome against probably the worst team in the NFL, could beat the Browns you pick with what your gut is. And I gotta be honest, like the Packers, I'll just always trust Aaron Rodgers at home, let alone against the lions.
0: Yeah. uh, I'm with you on that, Sammy. There's a reason why I've joined you in the Packers. And part of it is like, I feel like there's a benefit of the fact that like the Packers did play so badly. Like I won't make my picks this year based off how they played uh, the week beforehand, but the fact that the Packers did play so poorly and they're now heading back for a divisional matchup in Lambeau, I just feel like all of the key components are kind of just lining up in the Packers' favor.
1: Not to mention the idea that the Lions kind of overperformed last week in the end. Like DeAndre Swift, I'm not worried about from a fantasy standpoint, but the Lions as a team are are, are not going to score 33 again. I just don't see that. Yeah,
2: they're putting up points in garbage time. So.
0: I also don't see Rodgers making some of the same mistakes he made last week. Like his two interceptions, one of them was he was throwing out of a sack on like, I want to say it was second and five from like the 14 or something like that. Like it was a throw he didn't need to make.
1: Yeah, it was Aaron Rodgers' first red zone interception in like four years.
0: Yeah, I don't, I think part of the issue was Aaron Rodgers was making mistakes and the wide receivers just had some poor route running. And I think that's something that's going to be cleaned up this next week. Uh, I personally just don't see... The Packers struggling like they did against the Patriots, or not Patriots, uh, Saints. And on top of that, Mac I'd... Jones is getting in your head. Mac Jones, sorry, Yoni. Mac Jones is in my head.
1: Yeah. Fred Free.
0: I think Mac Jones. Well, you know what, Rent Free and Yoni said. We're just talking about that Gronk and Tom Brady's relationship, especially now that they're not on the Patriots. I
2: love it so much yeah. because it's it's just really funny. And, like, I love seeing that relationship. But I it just it just makes me so sad that, like, they're not – first of all, they're not on my team anymore. But they're doing extremely well. And that, like, when they were on the Patriots, they weren't showing this, like, camaraderie. that wouldn't let them. It was – like, like, there were those moments after they would win the Super Bowl or, like, when they were in the playoffs when, like, Brady would post on his Instagram and be like, oh, yeah, they're going to win it next week. But you never see, like, these funny interviews on, like – Report. Brady's
1: Brady's just in a different part of his life now.
0: I'm waiting to see Brady kiss his kids again. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah,
1: like yeah. He, he needs
0: that extra. Yeah, I mean, looking
1: back between like throwing away his phone, kissing his kids, you know, we probably could have realized that he was not exactly like a pretty, like he was a pretty interesting guy. There some warning app. signs, but Bill Belichick mm. kept it under wraps. Yeah.
2: I mean, if he gets you that many Super Bowls, I'll tell you. But it's hilarious now, and I love it.
0: You wanna if Mac Jones wins the Super Bowl this year, who who do you uh, have more favoritism towards, Belichick or Tom Brady?
2: Favoritism towards. I mean, if we're yeah. with Mac Jones right now, I'm going to Belichick. Not cool. I mean, that's, I mean, think about the Patriots winning Super Bowl right now with Mac Jones in his first year. That'd be pretty absurd.
0: Is it crazy though?
2: is it crazy no will it happen yes so
0: well I'll said <laughs> it's really well said actually well very well said yeah um so yeah we're, where are we working with we're still on the survivor pool unless are you guys good to move on from the survivor pool because the only uh, you know, now you're making me think about
2: what am I making you think about
0: switching to the brown, even though I know I shouldn't
2: I I think the Packers are a very good pick this week. And then, as I said earlier, the idea of lion hunting is an extremely good idea, and I would just stick with it. Oh, yeah, Aaron, by the way, thanks for giving me credit for that.
0: Did I not?
1: Not really. He so said we talked about it, but it's my term.
0: My bad. It's
1: Sammy's uh,
2: coined term. It's this a term.
0: is a revised statement. Sammy coined the term lion hunting, and then him and I talked about it afterwards. Is that better,
1: Sammy? That was that was really well said.
0: <laughs> I They do call me the young Shakespeare, you know? No. No? No.
2: I, I've never heard that term before used about you. Yeah.
0: Not cool. Yoni, how are you uh, – la, one last thing. How are you feeling about this week's matchup for the Patriots?
2: The Patriots?
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: what's – Tough game. Tough that? game in the Meadowlands, you know?
2: Yeah, on to Cincinnati. I mean, come on. No, I don't know. I mean, we're playing the Jets, and it's Zach Wilson. He's a rookie. We don't, Belich- like, Belichick and the Patriots don't mess around around about rookies. Last time we they're
1: played – They're 0-1, too.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, they're 0-1, so they're going to come back. I mean, last time, last time we played in the Jets, it was Sam Darnold, and he was seeing ghosts. Like, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to have a great game. I think Mike Jones will play very well.
0: What's your final score prediction? just want to hear that.
1: I just like how you're just ignoring that last year even happened as a Patriots then. Yeah,
2: it's, it's not in my brain. It's just um, um Final score prediction, I'd say
0: 30-17. Do you think the Patriots are going to put up 30 prediction. points?
2: I do, I do. I mean, I think Damian Harris is one of the better running backs in this league and he's going to have a very good week. I think Who knows Matt if he'll to
1: get to play since he fumbled?
2: Yeah, I mean, the Belcher does have a report of taking him out. But, I mean, Stevenson also wasn't great. And James White isn't in every down back. So I think they just got to stick it out with Damon Harris. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Mac, like, Mac Jones and the offense have options, and the defense is a lot better from last year. Just with like Dante Hightower come back, Matthew Judon. I, th- I think they'll score 30. And I don't think Zach Wilson and the Jets have a very good game.
0: Fair enough. I still, don't, I don't know if they'll get the thirty, but that's just my kind of personal take. That I don't think the offense is quite there yet. Uh, yeah, I'm I just mean, saying.
1: I think, I think, I'm not too worried about the Patriots for this week necessarily. Obviously, like, and you know, I I think that the Patriots should easily take care of business against the Jets. I also think though that the Dolphins aren't that good, and, and like Patriots fans are like, oh, Mac was awesome, et cetera, et cetera you know, you lost the football game against a Dolphins team that I really think like coming into the year, by the time the year it started, I thought like the Patriots are better than the Dolphins and the Dolphins come into Foxborough week one and beat the Patriots. That it's never really been a thing. If you know what I mean? Like a, a team that's supposed to be on their level. If you go into Foxborough, you're not supposed to win games like that. And so there was definitely some things to be excited about. There was also things to be concerned about. I mean, you know, matchups outplayed Tua for sure, but did the Patriots outplay the Dolphins? Not necessarily. I mean, it, there is something to be said about, you know, ball security, but at the same time, they, I, I thought there would be a world in which that game just wasn't particularly close.
2: Personally, I've, all, I've always been a little high on the Dolphins just because their defense has always been great. Yeah, um, they should have a great
1: pass rush. It's just weird that their defense works like backwards and it works for them. Don't get me wrong.
2: Yeah, it does. Their secondary I, is awesome. The thing is with the Patriots, they were killing themselves last week, as you said, with ball security, but also with penalties. They had eight mm-hmm. for 80-something yards, and that's just not something the Patriots are going to do every week. I mean, last year, I think they said – they said last year like the Patriots and the Dolphins were the top two in penalties. And right. yesterday like, last week they gave up a lot of yards. So I think the Patriots were just killing themselves.
1: Yeah. No, I feel like uh, last week, week one, for the Washington football team, I kind of felt the same way, like – we fumbled inside the five, but the Chargers also kind of—it was just a sloppy. You know, week one's always a little weird, a little sloppy. I mean, the most underdogs in NFL history in one week ended up losing, so it was clearly a, a weird week. I don't know. Did you mean I, ended I up winning?
0: Think. What most underdogs ended up winning? Is that what you meant, or did you mean losing? Winning. Oh, okay. Because I was confused. Okay. My bad. Sorry, Sammy. It's okay. (laughs) Um, Unless you guys have any more points, though, I think we're going to wrap up Commission's Corner. Yoni, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you the best of luck in your matchup this week. You got anything else you want to say before
2: Um, we wrap up? i would just like, thank you both for having me. I look forward to the next time we can do this.
0: For sure. Thank you so much for joining us, Yoni. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too, you too. Good night, Yoni. <laughs> so, Sammy, now we just yeah. got you and me. Let's move on to we're just going to jump into it. A line you love and a line you hate. What is, do you have your lines ready yet?
1: I mean, I have some that I, I don't, it's not as clear cuts any as last week.
0: Um,
1: but last week I was pretty spot on, I would say. Um, like the Seahawks easily won. And the Steelers ended up not only covering, but winning. Mm -hmm. So a line that I like this week is Bills minus three against the Dolphins. It was kind of a weird fluky loss for the Bills. The Steelers were able to give them the bucks against the Chiefs treatment. Blitz, not even blitz, just rush for, get to uh, Josh Allen constantly, make his life difficult. And with all that being said, they still probably would have won if it wasn't for a blocked punt. So the Dolphins, on the other hand, don't have the four pass rushers up front. They rely on blitzes. And Josh Allen will tear that apart. The Bills are three point underdogs, and they is you know not a must win because they still should win the division. But it's an important game for them because if they lose, they're essentially three games back to the Dolphins because they're only two. The Dolphins are two and zero, oh, and not only are the Dolphins two and zero oh in the division, but they have the tiebreakers against the Bills. So I'm not going to bet against Josh Allen this week. It's unfortunate that I'm playing against him and Diggs. I'm just going to have to hope that Josh Allen is connecting with somebody other than Diggs. Um, a line I hate is probably. Um, it's probably Saints Panthers. I, I I like the Saints, and the Saints are three and a half point favorites right now. I like the Saints more than the Panthers, but the Panthers are at home. The Saints are on the road. The Saints have a weird history of playing in Carolina, but part of that's just Drew Brees can play outside. I I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but I just feel like I wouldn't pick that game if if I had to say something from that game. I would just take the Saints money line, whatever. I just think that could easily be covered by the Panthers. The Panthers always play the Saints style. Even last year, I'm pretty sure the Saints only won by about three against them. Uh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna stay away from that one this week.
0: Fair enough. Uh, as far as the Bills go, that was kind of one of the ones where I wasn't so sure about. But I think you're right that this line could be a bit of an overreaction from Week One. Uh, and you raise a great point about the Bills or the Dolphins not having the same rush that the Steelers had, or in general that same defense. Um for me, the line that I personally really like, maybe I'm a bit crazy for this one, but it's the where I just lost it. It was Seattle over Tennessee, Seattle by it's like six and a half six right now uh depending where you look. And I don't know, like you said, Yoni could put up a 100 yards on that Tennessee defense. Uh, I just think there's something, I just think Seattle's gonna basically, first of all, they're going to pass the ball. They're going to, I think all the receivers, including Gerald Everett, who looked good this past week are going to have a field day. And then afterwards, I think Chris Carson's just going to cut up the middle of the defense when they have a significant enough lead. Um, I think Tennessee, first of all, we saw Tannehill and Julio really didn't have that instant connection that we were probably predicting they would. And then they kind of had to abandon the run and abandon Derek Henry. And when your second receipt, like a top receiver like Julio and your quarterback can't connect and you have to abandon arguably your best player on roster. It's just not a formula for success. And I think that's something that Pete Carroll is a good head coach in Seattle will take advantage of for me the game that I'm kind of avoiding is Denver Jacksonville, Denver six point favorites. I don't think Denver would necessarily lose this game. But I just don't see them putting up enough points again against Jacksonville. Like I just don't I think the Giants were that bad and I don't think the Broncos were that good week one. And I think we're just gonna have to see more Jerry Judy as well as out for another what six to eight weeks is where it's at now. And he was just tearing up that Giants secondary. Am I like, do you think Denver covers this game or do you think my assessment I, has-
1: I'm with you, I would stay away. I- I just think, like, it's their second straight road game. They came out firing on all cylinders last week. They lose a key player. The Jaguars, on the other hand, absolutely shat the bed. It's now Trevor Lawrence's home debut. I like the, I like the Broncos to win. They're a much better team. I, I believe in the Broncos. I don't believe in their coach, but I believe in their roster. Teddy, two loves, looked awesome. Um, I just think six points is scary with Trevor Lawrence's ability that he showed last week to, you know, get some big plays late in garbage time. Uh, I'm I kind of disagree with you about the Seahawks because I I, I think it's a, a good teaser line, but it's scary to me whenever you have a line bigger than three against an offense that should be as good as the Titans. And I obviously it looked bad last year, but the Titans were a good road team last year. Obviously, without fans, it's a little bit hard to say if that matters. They were six and two on the road. Um, and I think, you know, uh if I had to say like I, if I had to pick a spread on that game, I guess I would go to the Seahawks because I think they'll win, but You know, Mike Vrabel came out and said he got, you know, outwardly upset with Julio Jones to the media. And I wasn't so sure that was the right decision at first. But at the same time, like, if Mike Vrabel is going to go to Julio Jones of all people, you know, a future Hall of Famer and say, you know, I'm calling you out, that means that he's not afraid to call anybody on that roster out. And he's clearly mad. And I don't think that he'll let that team get embarrassed again.
0: That's fair enough. The other one I was looking at, Timmy, that I think is just too small, is Arizona over Minnesota in Arizona. It's like three and a half points. Yeah. Were, were we watching where, were we watching the same games last week?
1: It's the kind of line where if it was the other way, like people I think three weeks from now, you know, there's things with week one where it could be an overreaction or an underreaction. And and what really matters because if this was a week one game, this would be the right line. And yeah. it's like they just didn't care about what happened in week one because, you know, they didn't want to overreact. But I think that there's reason to overreact. I think the Vikings are bad. I think the Cardinals are legit. The Cardinals' defense was awesome. It will be again. Kyler Murray was great. Chase Edmonds was great. The wide Someone... receivers were great. There's no reason for me to think that they shouldn't cover the spread. And I think if this game happened two weeks from now, they'd be seven-point favorites.
0: Yeah, I, I was lo- – like, it's kind of just, like, absurd to me that they're not favored by a touchdown at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. The reason I'm going with the Bills is it's a, a three-point spread; it's just safer. But I, I, I like both those teams.
0: Yeah. So those are our lines we love. Lines we're scared of. What about your teaser of the week, Sammy? What do you got for me?
1: I got, I got a, I think I got two kind of this week for you. Because on the one hand, I think there's an interesting three-team teaser opportunity where you take ten points at minus one thirty, and you get the Browns to win by a field goal against the Texans the Bucks minus two against the Falcons and the Packers minus one and a half against the Lions. The question though becomes, you know, let me look actually, is it better to just take those three in a money line parlay? Because at that point, you're basically just taking the three biggest teams that should win this week and putting them in a part in a teaser. That's kind of like a money line parlay, but don't you think that should easily hit what Wait, you concerns had, you the most out of those? You
0: two? had the Buccaneers you said.
1: Yeah. Wait, Buccaneers minus two yep. rounds
0: minus three and Packers minus one and a half. I feel like it would. Okay. Packers just don't concern me at this point. Like if, if something goes drastically wrong there, then that's a whole nother issue. Buccaneers based off what we talked about and how we think Arthur Smith is going to be running this Atlanta offense. Again, doesn't scare me. The only thing that scares me is Houston Cleveland. Like if you had to ask me like which one scares me, that'd be the one that scares me the most. Um, But I don't think any of them necessarily scare me. I just think Houston will have the best chance out of anyone. For some, was it come down to three points? Yeah. No, none of those. I, I'm gonna correct myself. None of those scare me. Like all those teams should win by a touchdown, at least in my opinion. Right. I, yeah. I, and then in terms of, go ahead. I was just gonna say in terms of more conventional
1: teaser, I like the New England Patriots as a pick'em and the Steelers by half a point uh, i'm i'm all in on two team teasers i think they're smart and that will like once again like i said with the lions last week and the 49ers the 49ers will win they did the the patriots will win they they just will the Steelers really should you put those two together you put however much you want to you win some money you call it a night
0: and you buy some you know, pizza we,
1: yeah this time it's both two early games get it out of the way Have some money to spend on a nice live bet during Chiefs-Ravens. Sit back, relax. You're going to be up for the week. you hit a live bet in the halftime of the Thursday night game, you're feeling good, and you had a good week last week. You're on a roll. You're ready to go. It's Victory Friday. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag
0: Victory Friday?
1: Hashtag Victory Friday.
0: So, Sammy, those were our two major things we had to cover. And before we wrap up, we have to go into the predicament that we have about football jerseys that we have last night after it's the game. It's not really a
1: predicament. It's just so much the fact that every time I get a jersey for any of the players on my team, either the jersey falls apart and or is messed up or the player leaves. And it's been like that forever for me. I got a Donovan McNabb jersey. He only played 13 games on the team. I got an RG3 jersey. He tore his ACL. I got a Kirk Cousins jersey. We couldn't sign him long-term. I got a DJ Swearinger jersey. He gets cut during a Pro Bowl <laughs> season. He just gets cut. And so since then, I haven't bought a Washington jersey. I don't have a football team jersey. And then Wizards-wise, you know, of course, I had Russell Westbrook gone. Dallas Bertans jersey ruined. Rally Beal, it spelled District of Columbia on the front. Robin Lopez, Sia. So at this point, I'm just not sure if I'm really a jersey kind of guy. And uh, the issue is we want Heineke jerseys. I, I had said during the last drive yesterday, I Heineke could lead us that I'd get a Heineke jersey. But at the same time, I just don't want him to leave because I like him.
0: I don't want him to leave either. And that's why I think you should get Dustin Hopkins jersey. I
1: guess, but that's just so stupid.
0: Sammy, pay the whatever the cost is for an NFL jersey and take one for the team, okay? We need a new kicker.
1: I guess. Sammy, we should, I think maybe it's just with Dustin Hopkins. He just needs two tries. No big deal. She needs two.
0: Did you watch Rivera's uh, like post-game talk to the team about like second chances? And Kelvin Harmon bought in, and then and then he was like second chances, and then looked over to Heineke too. It was it. It seemed more he was celebrating Heineke and making fun of Hopkins
1: before the last drive. The advice he gave to Heineke was, "Don't fuck it up."
0: That's a quote. <laughs> that's an actual quote. Yes. Wow. Well, he Rivera
1: Riverboat Ron
0: Riverboat Ron. So that's all, all right, we've and- got time for this week. Sammy, you've got any closing thoughts before I remind everyone that we've forgotten to put the Twitter at the beginning of the show. (laughs)
1: Well, Aaron, it feels good to be one-on-one. If the Eagles can just lose to the 49ers, we'll be in first place in the division after week two, uh, just based on tiebreakers. And you know what? A win's a win. And uh, we'll see you in Buffalo.
0: We'll see you in Buffalo? Yeah. Okay. Well, because we forgot to plug it at the beginning of the pod, uh, Check out the Twitter for our fancy league at a League. Uh, we've posted power rankings, game results, as well as trades. You know, just that kind of fun stuff. Otherwise, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been The Pass Catcher.